You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. If you like stand-up comedy, check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. And don't forget to follow this great podcast on Twitter as well. That is simply at Lockdown Cubs. All right. After an off day, I will be previewing the Cubs series ahead against the Minnesota Twins, those mighty twins of the Twin Cities up in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Two, I don't know why they're not just one city. You guys ever think to yourself that? You got two cities right next to each other. A river goes between them, a crazy highway system. I've actually been up to Minneapolis. It's nice. Not really been to St. Paul. Probably like Minneapolis is my guess. Probably incredibly similar. Almost like they're the same. Why not just have one big, huge city? I'd have to look it up. I wonder if you put the two populations together and all of a sudden they're even more massive. But it's a pretty big city as it is. They've got all four major sports teams, although they lost their hockey team for a stretch there. And then their new hockey team is the Minnesota Wild. Could be a better name. Just throwing that out there, Minnesota Wild fans. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. I'll talk about that series. Zach Davies goes uh, tonight's game for the Cubbies, in which I, I really don't get his season. I'm going to take a closer look at Zach Davies a little bit there. Also, a little more fallout from the whole Javi booing back Mets fans and, and how fans get to do whatever they want and the players should be kissing the ground the fans walk on because if it wasn't for the fans, there would be no... Listen, there's a lot of over-dramatic crap from both sides when it comes to this issue of how fans should react and how players are allowed to respond and all that kind of stuff. I'll try to handle that as level-headed as a crazy person like me can. We'll have some fun with it though. And also in the end, toward the end, I do have an announcement that that will be made as well. So it's called teasing. We'll try to get you to listen to a good 23, 24 minutes of uh, old Joey here spitting some Cubs knowledge at you, trying to make it fun. Until you get to the stuff at the end. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. All right, Cubs fans, this is a battle between two of the worst teams in baseball we're about to embark upon. The Chicago Cubs versus the Minnesota Twins. And the Twins are surprisingly bad. I thought, you know, they won the Central last year. Or were they in second? Well, they were a playoff team last year. If we forget the AL Central standings were Twins, Cleveland, White Sox. And the Twins this year, I mean, there's, they lost a piece or two, but nobody saw them being this epically bad. Uh, I mean, I know they dealt with some injury, but it still just does not add up. The person I want to talk about the most, though, is Zach Davies. Now, Zach Davies last year had a very good season. But in the same regard, as much as I try to tell people the pandemic season, that's what we're going to call 2020, the pandemic season. No fans. No, should we call it the no fans in the stand season? We'll figure it out. It'll have an, its own nickname, I'm sure, within a decade's time, right? But the pandemic season, it, it was. it's hard to, because there were some players who went nuts, who had great years, who didn't normally have great years. Then you had some players who typically had great years. I know I've probably talked about this before. You had Shohei Otani had a bad year, uh, Cody Bellinger, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonzo, Christian Yelich, who's kind of having a bad year again, so I don't know what's going on with him. And then our Cubs, Bryant and Javi had terrible years, and even Rizzo was average-ish. He was a little above average Rizzo. Contreras didn't really get going to the last week or so. Our offense as a whole was abysmal. 
pitching side of things doesn't get talked about enough, but it's such a small sample. It was 12 starts, 60 games, five-man rotation. It's easy math. 12 starts. Zach Davies was very, very good in his 12 starts. He had an ERA at around 2.75. And even in his career, he's been mostly a mid-threes earn run average type of guy. Now, we all know his fastball sits around 88, 89, maybe 90. Doesn't, you know, can't can't break glass that fastball. And But he's a, he's a guy that low walks. That's been his big secret to success is that he's pinpoint control. This year, his earn run average is 5.00 flat. He's got a 5 ERA and 131 innings pitched. 102 strikeouts, so clearly not a strikeout guy, but the whip is high at 1.48. His walk rate has just gone through the roof. And even in his last three, his last seven games, 688 ERA. So he's he's not he's not getting better. He had a nice stretch in May to early June when the cup the whole team was playing great, and that was it. But you look at his career, 2015. And he's still young. He is. He's only 28 years old. Yeah, he turned 28 right before the season started. So this is his age 28 season. Okay, I'll go back to his numbers. Just look it up at ERA, which isn't an end-all, be-all stat, but it gives you a good sense, you know, especially if you're consistently in the threes. It shows you what, you, what you're worth. 2015, 3.71. 2016, 3.97. 2017, 3.90. All right, so now we got a range there, right? He's, he's right around 3.9, 3.85 for his career. 2018, only made 13 starts, banged up, 4.77. 2019, 3.55. There you go. 31 starts. Came back nicely after a bad uh, injury plague 2018. Gets moved to the San Diego Padres, in which in 12 starts has a 2.73 earn run average. In 69 innings, he only gave up 55 hits. And here's the, the number, 19 walks. That's very good. His walk rate has always been very low. This year, 64 walks now in 131 innings. You look at 2019, he had 160 innings, about 100, yeah, about 160 innings, 159 and two thirds, if you want to be technical, and only 51 walks. So yeah, the walk rate is really what has bitten him. Because there's look, I mean, the fastball is the pitch these days. The guys who are successful with below, like well below average fastballs too. Like I'm talking, you know, the Hendricks, Elk Mills, Zach Davies type, which we had all three on one team apparently. Um, I think we trusted our defense a lot, as we should have, because when the defense is fully healthy at the start of the season, of course, and we're talking about the team that we see before us now, you have Javier Baez and Nico Horner up the middle. If those two, I wish we would have gotten to see the two of those guys together for a full season, Javi and Nico up the middle, a full season in which it wasn't the black cloud that this season held over the players' heads going into it. Are they going to extend me? Are they going to trade me? Are they going to trade that guy? Are they going to extend this guy? Oh, we traded you. Are we even trying? Why are we bringing back Jake? But we let less, you know, all the nonsense. There's a lot of off the field things that just kind of mucked up this season. And as fans, we did our best to try to like push that aside and baseball's back and fans are in the stands. Remember, doesn't it feel like a lifetime ago where it was only like 10,000 fans were allowed in? Then that number creeped up. And then finally, around mid-June, 100% capacity. And we were still in the fight. And then everything just started to fade away, right? It's just, there was just a lot. There was a, there was always a sense that any given moment, it was all going to come tumbling down. 
because it was well said that if the Cubs didn't get off to a hot start, if the Cubs weren't in the thick of things, they were going to trade people away. There was even people like Paul Sullivan of the Tribune, who, while the Cubs were in first place, was saying, should the Cubs add? I still think they should trade away players. Could you imagine if that's what Jed would have done? The 11-game losing streak was if Jed wanted to rebuild or retool or whatever, re-whatever the heck he's trying to sell us on. That's what the 11-game losing streak, he'll never admit it, but probably he was thinking, thank you. You made my job easy. Thank you. But honestly, if they would have if they would have done what Paul Sullivan and the Tribune wants, and this is anything personal towards Paul. I've met him a handful of times. Nice fella. I thought his opinions suck, though. There's a difference. See, people forget that nowadays. I mean, it's, for some reason, if you say something bad about someone's opinion or thought, people take it as a new hate that person. No, I don't. I just don't like their opinion. Apply that to everything in life, everyone. There's a little kill gallon wisdom for the day. I digress, though. They would have actually traded play, play, star players like Bryant and Kimbrell and Javi while we were in first place. That would have been maybe one of the most unforgivable offenses outside of like a horrible Penn State type thing to your fan base. The White Sox did that. The White Sox were like a game and a half out of first place in late July of 1997. And they traded like three starting pitchers. They call it the white flag trade. And Reinsdorf was famous for saying, if you think we're catching Cleveland, you guys are nuts. And the fan people were furious. So um, I don't mean to bring up the White Sox again, though, but it was just a, a good example that it was close to home for a lot of us. I got to imagine a lot of listeners are from the Chicago area. Maybe you recall that. But it's something that I, I'm, I'm happy it didn't go down like that. I'm, I really am. I mean, the way it went down sucked anyway. And and yeah, of course, I've gone over this where it's like, that's baseball, that's sports. It's the business side of things. You just never wanted to see all three of them go and go in a way in which we never truly gave them a final goodbye and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's 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 part of the game. It's part of how things work. Uh, I just don't, I can't explain Zach Davies. Obviously, he's a free agent. He's probably going to get a real weak offer from someone. Someone will throw him a million or two. I don't think it'll be the Cubs because the Cubs seem to be in the uh, mindset of we need fresh arms and not people we already know, which I think is a good way to go. It's not like some fan favorite. There'll be no love loss for Zach Davies. Sorry, Zachy. And I think he'll sign for some team for a million or two. And I bet he bounces back. I really do. I bet he bounces back. I, but I don't know what it is. I don't know why the Cubs couldn't have any free agents that did anything spectacular for us. Well, there was a couple, and, and I'll get into some of that too. We should we should talk about that because it wasn't just uh, that. It just felt like nobody had a breakout season that wasn't named Patrick Wisdom, Rafael Ortega, or Frank Schwindel. And even Ortega and Schwindel didn't start up until everyone else started to get moved away and they had their spots, which isn't a knock on them at all because – that's what you do. Hey, that's your, you're the starting center fielder now. Run with it. And he ran with it. Same with Schwindel first and same with Wisdom. They ran with it. That's what you want when you hand someone the keys to the car, right? You don't want them going all slow, bumping into parked cars. You want them stepping on the gas and showing you, hey, I know how to handle this ride. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online, everybody. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Football season's coming. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL super contest. Open now at Bet Online. 
Head to the website or use your cell phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Hot damn, that's a good deal. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo in which you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports from football to boxing right there to all your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, but let's take a quick look. I mean, we are facing the Twins this week. Uh, hopefully, I, it's so weird. It's a battle for who could get a top five spot. I don't know how you feel, Cubs fans. I still, it's been such a long time since we thought about draft position. You know, I want to say 2013 season because by the end of 2014, we, it was still a rebuilding year. Clearly Javi had made his debut. Jorge Soler had made his debut. Kyle Hendricks was pitching. You know, it was kind of one of those things where we felt like we were on the rise. The final two months of the 2014 season August and September, the Cubs finished 32 and like 29, I think. So they finished over 500 the final two months. So the arrow was clearly pointing up, and we all had the sense that this upcoming offseason after 2014, going into the 2015 season, was going to be the offseason in which they were going to open up the wallet and make some splash signings, right? They were going to go out there and spend and get ready to compete in 2015. So really, it was 2013 was the last time I remember going like, yeah, keep losing. Why not? Might as well. Might as well, let's try to get a higher draft pick. Keep on tanking. That's what it was. 2014, I didn't feel that way. 2014, I was kind of like, well, we're, it's the arrows pointing up. The, the farm system's already stocked. I, so it has been, you know, eight years since it's been this meaningless toward the end of the year. And it's weird for me to think to myself, we're playing the Twins. That's a battle for who could have a higher draft pick. I hope the Twins kick our butts. Like, you don't want that either. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, Zach Davies, you didn't help us at all this year. So you could go ahead and get lit up. Uh, but I don't want to root against someone like that. He seems like a nice enough guy. He tried. He had a combined no-hitter. This is his last good outing. Six innings of no-hit baseball against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then after that, nada. But you want individual performances. Like I've said, you got to keep preaching for that. And that's what's nice to see. I did mention... The Cubs, all the Cubs, not one Cubs player seemed to have a breakout year or anything like that. Nico Horner showed flashes. Having him, he looked great in spring training, remember? And then they decided they're going to start Bodie and Eric Sogard over Nico. And everyone's like, is this service time manipulation? It really wasn't, though, because the Cubs would have had to have kept him down for 37 days. They didn't. He came up three weeks later in April. And also the service time manipulation thing did not make sense because Nico Horner, again, isn't like a Chris Bryant type where he's going to break the bank. Chris Bryant came up as a rookie of the year. He was minor league player of the year. He was everyone's like, this guy is clearly going to dominate as soon as he gets up here. Obviously, he'll have a couple bumps along the way, but he's going to be a superstar. People knew that about Chris Bryant. Then Nico, though, came up. Nico was drafted first round of 2018. First round, 2018. He makes his debut in September of 2019 when Javi got hurt. Javi got hurt, and our backup shortstop at the time, who's also our backup second baseman, was one Daniel Descalso, who was awful. Awful. Now, he was only making about a million or two bucks, like maybe two million a year, and it was a two-year deal, so it was a real cheap contract. He was good for like the first month of the 2019 season, and then was just, I don't know. I don't know what, just awful. And a lot of people really were like, this was such a stupid signing. 
he fit the bill of what they needed. They needed a guy who could actually play a backup shortstop because in 2018, Javi was an MVP for most of that year, but faded in September. He was, everyone, I used to joke saying his back got messed up from carrying the team that year. Well, actually, you know, there's a few other guys who had some big years, but with Chris Bryant being out and, you know, Javi really became, he stepped up big in 2018. And that's why they needed a true shortstop because the backup infielder then was Listella and Zobrist. Well, Zobrist was starting at second most of the time. They picked up Daniel Murphy late, but again, you would never, he barely could play second base, that guy. His range was wherever he could fall down to. You know, not one step here or there. Just, I, I could fall this way. I could fall that way. That's my range. That guy was a horrible defensive second baseman, Daniel Murphy. But so that's that was the deal. Lestella couldn't play a true backup shortstop. Now, they should have replaced him with a real backup shortstop. That way, Javi, if he looked like he was getting burnt out a little bit, you had a backup. Now, Javi was very good in the 2019 season. He had 29 home runs, a lot of RBI. On base percentage was down a little bit. The slugging was still there, and the defense was phenomenal. He gets hurt in 2019. That kind of, you know, made it so that's why Nico came up. I know it feels like I'm talking about the past again, but really I'm talking about Nico. And understand, in order to understand Nico present day, you got to understand his past. 2020 season, he plays the whole season on the on the big league roster. You could say maybe he wasn't ready for that, but there was no minor league season. If there was a minor league season in 2020, Nico would have been there playing every day. Because there was no sense in platooning him with Kipnis and even then it didn't feel like a true platoon I didn't really Kipnis got the majority of the starts and when there was a lefty and then Nico would get a you know just you don't want to platoon a young guy that you project to be a guy who could hit righties and lefties it's not like Nico is a guy where you're like oh I don't trust him against right-handed pitching no that wasn't the case at all it was just he was young it was just a screwy season is my point and then this year Kills it in spring training, shows up in amazing shape. I know they say that about a lot of guys, but he definitely looked like he he put on some pounds, right? Like his arms look bigger and it looked just as athletic. Like he didn't lose a step while some guys bulk up a little bit and you're like, eh, that was a mistake on your end because that's not your game, you know? And then they set him down. He comes up, he's hitting, he's, he's making strong contact, rarely striking out, hitting the fastball, hitting the high fastball, going the other way with the pitch, playing great defense. He was the guy where you're like, yes. But for the most part, even when the Cubs were running really hot, well, KB was looking great. There was a good time when you could make a case for Chris Bryant MVP like in mid-May right there, mid to late May. And then June 1st came and he stopped hitting for a whole month. Now he's been hitting again the last two months. Chris Bryant's still having a very good season, everyone. He'll probably finish with around 30 home runs, 275, 280 batting average, four, win, four war player, very all-star level. You know, he deserved that all-star nod. I, I talk about Nico because I, I think that was like the one guy where looking back on the season, I'm like, all right, that was someone we had who really did show up. We know Ian Happ has had a terrible year. Jason Hayward, terrible year. Rizzo was having way below his standards. Javi was having below his standards, even though the power numbers were definitely back. Contreras, Wilson Contreras, I know we all love him because he speaks up. He seems to be a leader. Although I still thought, don't go to the press first. And if he would have said, hey, I went to the the clubhouse a million times. And when someone from the press asked me, what do I think? I couldn't lie to them anymore. And I told them, I think we're being lazy and unfocused. Then it's like, oh, I respect that. But Contreras is hit 225. His numbers are down. Like, there's not one guy, like one regular player that you could point to and be like, really stepped. Kyle Hendricks is having his worst season of his career. I know the win-loss record looks good. But if you look at the, everything else, the stuff that really shows how you're pitching, it's having a really bad year. And I can't help but think Hendricks is just like, I've never in my career played in such meaningless games. And I don't know what it is. I'm having trouble. Fo like, you know, it's an adjustment. These guys have to adjust. I bet Kyle finishes strong. You can even make a case for like, why just shut him down. What's the point of, 
adding innings to his arm. We got him under contract the next few years anyway. We know he's gonna be we know he's gonna bounce back. He's the professor, he'll bounce back. Because his game isn't like it's not like he lost velocity. Like John Lester, when he started to dip toward the end of his his number started to really dip the last couple of years of his contract. It's because the velocity, you know, you lose a couple of miles per hour and you're and you're a guy who, you know, Hendricks, the velocity is still the same. And he, even if he lost a couple, it'd probably help him. That's like what he does. That's just, that's not even a worry when it comes to uh, Kyle Hendricks. Trust me on that, everybody. Direct TV stream, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar to you? You got one device that's, you know, you're checking the game out live. Then another one is letting you stream your favorite show. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You got all the devices going, right? And your neighbor's login for all that good stuff. You know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. Why have a million things going, right? This means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. That was the thing that killed people about cable. I have to sign a one-year deal. What if I move, huh? What if I decide nothing good's on TV? What if I become a reader for no reason? You know, you have to think about these things. So get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Compatible devices required, of course. Content varies by package. But again, you could learn so much more by going to directtv.com. That's directtv.com. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you'll need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey and LX or EX? All those, all that kind of junk, right? So save time and money and use Rock Auto. You know how to navigate a computer. You got this. Okay, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tan lamps, to some sweet rugs. Get that shag, you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, here's what you want to do. You want to go to rockauto.com right now. You can pause the podcast and tell them Lockdown sent you. That's right, Rock, right, Lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know you sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Cubs fans, before I get into my big announcement, let's let's just touch on the booing thing a little bit here. I was able to find that clip of Bill Murray and David Letterman um, right after the Cubs lost in the 2008 playoffs. And when she talked about a lot of these new Cubs fans were booing, he goes, Cubs fans never used to boo. And Bill Murray even says, boo yourself. Like his whole point was like, they're trying, like they're trying. So he didn't like it. Bill Murray didn't like that the Cubs were fans were starting to boo. And then he said ever since the Bartman game, which is how I remembered it too. Bartman in 2003, we all know. You don't need me to give you a, a history lesson there. But I remember going to a game in 2004. The Cubs had this guy, Jason Dubois, who they'd called up from AAA, Iowa. Left fielder, showed some pop, never really took off, though. But when he hit it, it went a long way. You're kind of like, oh, this guy might be a guy. He wasn't. He hit a ball. It was a blooper that landed on the left field line. Now, I, I, I'm looking to see if it's going to land fair. It lands fair. I'm like, yes, there we go, baby. I look up. He's rounded first. He goes in the second. Now, as he goes in the second, he kind of, you know, coasted a second. He jogs in. He starts to, you know, so he could land right on second. He slowed up is what I should say. I remember a couple fans around me were like, oh, my God, this is BS. Run. You could have been on third run. And I'm like, oh, man, you're just angry. And you don't know baseball. That's Jason Dubois. He's never going to hit triple in his life. 
In what world was he going to stretch that into a tree? He would have been thrown out at third by 20 yards. Are you insane? And I just remember thinking to myself, why are you booing a guy who just got a double? Because in your mind, he didn't hustle enough? I don't know. There was just a whole lot of that going on. And it really did start late 04, 05. I might be remembering this game wrong. That game might have been 05. But it just made me think to myself, like, oh, see, the problem is everyone hopped on this bandwagon. They decided that they love the Cubs. They're Cubs fans, and they want to see the Cubs win more than anything. But they don't know baseball. They don't uh, really care to know baseball. They just want to win. And that's fine. I get that. I want I want the Cubs more, to win more than anything. That's always been my thing. I remember when the, the rumors about the Cubs, you know, this Rosemont, you know, the suburb right on the border of the city by O'Hare, they were saying, we'll build you a new stadium, Wrigley, because the Cubs were having trouble getting permission to do some of the renovations they wanted to do. And I remember at the time going like, do it. Do it. Because I thought... If that means you could charge for parking and have big scoreboards, you could build it just like Wrigley, have the brick and the ivy and all that. If it means more revenue for you to put back into the team and you could win a World Series, that's all I cared about. All I wanted to do was for them to win a World Series. As much as I love Wrigley Field and it is the greatest stadium in the world and one of my favorite places on the planet, I wanted to win more than that. I don't care. They could have played at, at, at Horner Park. I don't care where they would have played. If they win a World Series, I did not care what stadium it was going to be in. It's not like they ever won a world, you know, before 2016, they had never won a World Series in Wrigley. 1908 wasn't in Wrigley. 1907 wasn't in Wrigley. Wrigley was built in 1914. So, you know, I just thought to myself, all right, maybe they, you know, I don't want to seem tear it down either. That would have broken my heart. But you know what I'm talking about. I cared more about winning. And so they, people are trying to say the fans that boo care the most. I don't know if that's true. Just, I just look at it from this point of view. Does booing make anyone better? I, they know when they're struggling. They know when they suck. So when you boo the players and the players are like, you know, fuck you right back. Oh, I shouldn't have sworn. Sorry. Eh, whatever. Uh, screw you right back. Um, then, you know, that's going to happen. I, I I think you should be able to handle it too as a fan. So what you're a fan and you're like, I should yell whatever I want at the players. And then if they yell at me, you're going to be like, why? How dare they? I pay their salary. You don't pay their salary, by the way. You help contribute towards it. That's like the same thing when people disrespect people that work on a government salary. I pay your salary. R- really? You you pay what? Half a fraction of a penny towards my overall salary. One citizen. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with players sticking up for themselves. I love when people stick up for themselves. If you want to boo because they lazy play, you know, dumb play, they're napping, you know, if Starlin Castro's drawn his name in the, in the second base sand over there in the dirt and a ground ball goes through the other side. Cause he's back as to the diamond. That's worthy of booing, but guys who are trying and, and playing hard and playing their style of baseball and they're just getting bad results. Eh, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. Fans want p- players. Look, as much as some players do need to thicken up their skin, fans do too. And also players, they've got freedom and choice too. So if you're one of those teams that are like, oh, we boo proudly. Don't be surprised when guys don't want to sign extensions with you. Don't be surprised when new free agents don't want to go to your ballpark because look, they want people who are going to be by them through good and bad. They're good and bad. All right, this this announcement I'm about to make might be good for some of you and and bad for others, bad for most. I am announcing right here that um, this is my last week as the host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast. I have three episodes left with you guys, and um, uh, I'm not being let go or anything. This was my choice. I am incredibly grateful to everyone at Lockdown. This is a phenomenal network with so much talent, both on the air and off the air. 
it is an incredible well-oiled machine. I am so appreciative for the opportunity to be the voice of Lockdown Cubs since I took over back in mid-May. It's been wonderful. It has absolutely been wonderful. Um, and even with a, a couple bumps here along the way, it's still been phenomenal. Uh, this season really had it all from from being first place, feeling on top of the, the world, thinking we're playoff bound, to seeing superstars <laughs> ripped away from us and, and, and getting to know a lot of cool people. A lot of really cool listeners. People have reached out who I correspond with. When they send me messages, I respond every time. Um, really smart baseball fans. Cubs fans are, it always irked me when people acted like Cubs fans weren't smart fans. Oh, they just go for the ballpark. They just go to drink. I'm like, you're out of your mind. If you think that, how come our radio ratings are always higher than most teams' radio ratings? That shows you that when these people are out and about, they're listening to the Cubs. There are more Cubs podcasts than there are for almost any other team. You know, some teams only have like a handful. There's a lot. That's why I would joke when, you know, the occasional bad review I got, which I never minded, especially since some of the reviews were describing the type of podcast I like to do anyway. I always say to them, hey, there's plenty of Cubs podcasts out there. You don't have to listen to mine. You know, I, I, I appreciate you listening to Lockdown Cubs, of course. And I encourage you guys to stick with the Lockdown Cubs because this thing's only going to get bigger and bigger. Now, if you might be wondering why, Joe, why are you stepping away? It is just for personal reasons. Um, my life has gotten to the point where I don't really have a lot of time. I'm a very ambitious guy overall. I like saying yes. I like doing a lot of things. Um, stand-up comedy is my number one. That's what it is. That comedian is, you know, if, if I could choose my headstone, comedian would be on it. And during the pandemic is when I really leaned into Cubs content and being part of the world of, you know, Cubs commentary. And I was doing these post-game recap videos. And a lot of that was because stand-up comedy clubs were closed throughout the, the country. So my bread and butter, my livelihood was gone. And I took my passion for the Cubs and baseball and podcasting because I still do love the art of podcasting. And I started to create some stuff. And, and a lot of people really liked it. And, and I was thankful for them. And it, and it was a cool back and forth. And it was fun. Right. I, I still love the Cubs. I'm not leaving. I still love sports. Uh, but the, you know, a lot has changed. My I'm now back full time doing stand up. I've got, you know, a beautiful wife and two kids. My one son just started school. So I have to wake up super early in the morning to get him to school. And I'm out late doing stand up. There was just a lot of plates I was spinning. And I felt that whoever hosts Lockdown Cubs should be someone who is giving 100% of their effort to this podcast or, or as close to that as possible. I didn't want to be one of those guys that's just going through the motions um, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I didn't really want that. Um, I have, you know, follow me on Twitter and all that kind of stuff to, to, to keep up with my moves and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, five days a week was really tough for me too. I'll, I'll add to that. So maybe next season I'll do a once a week Cubs podcast or whatever, but I encourage everyone, please. This is, this is not like a breakup with locked on. I mean, I, I technically I, anything, anytime you, Anytime you stop doing anything, it could be considered that way. But there's no ill will on my end. Um, with I, again, I, I highly, I, I'm think you know, listen to all that. Lockdown Bears is starting up. Lockdown Bulls it does amazing stuff on the YouTube. If you're one of those weirdo, insane, goofy Cubs fans who likes both teams, I had to give one last shot at you guys. Uh, although I got three more podcasts, and we're gonna make them fun. Listen to Lockdown White Sox. Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill are amazing dudes. Herb's a good buddy of mine. I love that dude. Chris, I don't really know well, but he does amazing stuff. I listen to a lot of the sports radio in town, and he's a great uh, sound guy. So trust me, check that out too. Uh, Lockdown Blackhawks. Look, there is so much 
great content, especially in Cubs content that, um, for, for a lot of reasons, I'm going to, I have to step back. Um, I just told you how busy my schedule is. I need to focus more on stand up, and, um, you know, I felt like I wasn't given a stand up as much as I should have been. And, uh, and that, that bummed me out. And yeah, the mental health of this season really did take a toll on me as well too. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Let's try to enjoy the rest of this week, but I felt I'd rather tell you now instead of saving it for the end of the week, wanted to give everyone that heads up. I'll give shout outs the next few episodes to some of uh, the people who I've talked with the most on Twitter and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, again, I'm always going to be a diehard Cubs fan. Hopefully they, they do right by us fans this off season. And, uh, you guys will hear from me the rest of the week and, uh, you know, feel free to continue to follow me on all my other platforms. And I thank you all. I do. I thank locked on and I thank you, the fans more than anyone. I will not be booing you. All right. And as always go Cubs locked on bets, everybody betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, Wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.